Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers, it's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. I want to thank all the folks that have been joining us here on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you put reviews in. We're on Apple Podcasts now, so I guess that's a big help. So if you can review the podcast, that would be helpful. Pass it on to your friends and neighbors and colleagues and such so we can help to build a pretty good squad here at the Rational Boomer Podcast. The more people we have, the more power we have. Just remember that. You know, in the last four years, and especially the last year, this country has gone through a lot of tough times. I mean, a lot of things. You've got the pandemic and, of course, all the scandals and the problems in politics and the economy and all these sorts of things. And people are pretty dejected out there. People are wondering how we're going to get by. They're wondering if we'll ever get through this bad time in America and if we can ever come out the other side. Now, I'm a big believer in positivity. There are people out there that aren't happy unless they're miserable. They're looking at the negative side of thing all the time. The problem with that is the more you expect negative, the more you will get negative. You've got to have a positive outlook if you have hopes of improving anything, whether it be your life, your business, or this country. Now, I know that sounds like spiritual hocus-pocus. And I don't know what you really call it, why it works, but I know from my own experiences that if I go into something looking at it positively, I'm more likely to win. I'm more likely to be successful. Now, however that happens, I don't know. But based on history and based on experience, that's what I find. So I have trouble with with people that are always, always negative. We'll talk more about that on another subject. But I want to talk to you about the stuff we're going through now and the people who are dejected and the people who are thinking, oh, we'll never come out the other side. It's horrible. It'll never be better again. And that's not true. And that's definitely not true. We can get through this and we can be better off after we get out of it because a lot of good comes from bad. And I know this for sure because of experience. Now, some of the young people won't understand this at all because they weren't around at the time. But uh, some of us older folks, (laughs) my vintage, maybe even older in some cases, maybe some younger too, understand that uh, we've gone through times like this. It's been a while. It's been a long while. But uh, I was born in 1960, so I was in my single digits from 60 to 70. But realistic terms, 
that decade was probably the most problematic, had the most trials and tribulations, the most tests on this country than we ever saw before. Certainly in my lifetime, and since I was born 1960, of course, it's limited. But what was going on in the 60s was as bad or worse than what we're seeing now. And people will say, the young people will say, how could that be? Look at all the pandemic on the economy. Well, let's talk about the 1960s. What happened in that 10-year period? The 1960s were very turbulent. There seemed to be something negative going on all the time. Again, I was young at the time, but I was watching this on TV. It was playing out in front of us. And as a little kid, I didn't know any better, but even still, it was kind of scary to me. Let's talk about the 60s a moment. We had four major assassinations in the 1960s. We had John F. Kennedy, the president. He was murdered, and we saw it on video. His brother, Robert F. Kennedy, was murdered, and we saw that on video. Martin Luther King was murdered. Malcolm X was murdered. We've got a president, a president-to-be, who was also a senator, a civil rights leader, actually two civil rights leaders, killed in one decade. Not just of cancer, not just of getting sick or getting hit by a car. Each one of these people was shot dead by somebody who hated them. That's a lot to put a country through, especially the president. When a president is murdered, that has a huge impact on the country. When JFK was killed, you saw people all around the country, whether they be Democrat or Republican, crying. Because at that time, they didn't know if it was some communist plot. Because, of course, we also had the Cold War going on then. Russia was our archenemy as they are now, but we looked at them differently. We looked at them as a predator and somebody who's trying to take us over. So the president gets shot, and in spite of how it all ended up, a lot of people thought this was an attack on the country by foreign powers, probably Russia. So there was a lot of turmoil around JFK's assassination, And then later on, when RFK was shot as he was running for president, the conspiracies and the ideas and the craziness whipped up. Then Martin Luther King, who's fighting uh, for civil rights, he's murdered. Malcolm X is murdered. That in itself made the 60s a very tough time. But now you throw into the mix the civil rights movement. President Johnson did pass the civil rights bill. But we had riots, we had protests, we had beatings, we had uh, black people being attacked by dogs and sprayed with fire hoses. That was on the TV news all the time. You watched it. That was troubling. Throw in Vietnam. We're in a war that we probably shouldn't have been in. Kids are going off to war and dying by the hundreds. When it was all said and done, more than 50,000 Young people from the United States were killed in a war in Vietnam. We were trying to keep communism out of South Vietnam. Fact is, we didn't win. We ended up turning tail and getting the hell out of there because it was a quagmire that we shouldn't have been in in the first place. But 
This is going on all through the 60s. You turn on the TV news, and there was a body count on the TV news. How many people died today? How many is that in total? That in itself caused a lot of trials and tribulations. It was turbulent seeing our own American kids being killed in Vietnam. With Vietnam, we had a lot of protests and riots, too. I mean, they were going on constantly. You talk about the George Floyd um, uh, uh, riots and, and, and protests. This was going on all the time, the whole decade. The hippies were out in force, and they were, they were protesting. Sometimes it turned into rioting. We had rioting on colleges' campuses. I remember a specific time in my life when I was probably, I don't know, somewhere between seven and nine years old. That would be 67 to 69. I'm sitting in the living room watching TV by myself. The news happens to be on. My mom walks in the room and says to me, I'm crying. I'm crying a lot. And my mom says, what are you crying about? And all I said to her was, Mom, I don't want to go to college. She says, what? Why wouldn't you want to go to college? And then I pointed at the screen, and it was about a riot going on in Wisconsin, uh, at the University of Wisconsin, and there were kids getting hurt, and then there was Kent State with kids getting killed. I only saw college as a place that was not that much different than having to go to Vietnam. And I had that hanging over my head, too. Fortunately, it ended while I was still too young to be considered for the draft. But I looked at those colleges as a place of violence and strife. I didn't want to go there. Granted, I'm only eight, nine years old. I'm not ready for college yet. But that's the kind of turmoil little kids were put through by having to watch what was going on in this decade. We had the Cuban Missile Crisis in the 60s. John F. Kennedy had to deal with that situation. Russians were putting missiles down in Cuba. And Russia was not backing off of this at all. So John F. Kennedy had to put up a a blockade of ships so they couldn't get to Cuba, and it was a standoff with Russia in the middle of a Cold War. Many people thought that we were moments, minutes away from a nuclear war, which is the one thing we were scared of most in the 1960s, because nuclear war meant annihilation of of the world. At least that's what we were told. So you had that pressure hanging over our heads. We had serial killers like uh, Charles Manson. That whole thing was not only tragic, but it was kind of spooky. You know, there were people wondering, what's going on here? It was a little spooky, and it was intentionally spooky. But everybody felt that. There was the guy in the Texas Tower who was picking people off from the tower on the college campus. Again, another college and more violence. We started to see inflation going on in a big way in this country. So my point is, is that we had a lot of things to worry about, a lot of troubles, a lot of tribulations and turbulence in that decade of the 1960s. It was rough. And in the 1960s, I'm sure many people said, I was too young, but many people said, how are we ever going to get through this? How is it ever going to be back to normal after all of these horrible things that happened? But you know what? We got over it. We got through it. And we got better for it. 
So that's why I say when you're worried about what's happened in the last four or five years, especially with the pandemic and some of our political issues, yeah, it's rough. And it's important to be worried about it. But uh, we're going to be fine. We'll get it figured out. We'll get past it like we got through the 60s, some of the 70s, mid-70s with Watergate and all that kind of stuff. We got through that. The 80s, you know, the Iran crisis, um, all the things that have happened to this country. Somehow, some way, we always get through it. We always come out on the other end, and we do better. So, if you're one of those folks, those Debbie Downers that think that we've had so much trouble in the last four or five years that we may not be able to come out the other side, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. We've been fine in the past, and we can base that on history and experience. Anyway, let's talk about some of that strife and turbulence that's going on in this country currently. Well, last night we heard that Letitia um, Letitia James, the uh, New York Attorney General, had informed Donald Trump and the rest of the world, for that matter, that her civil investigation against the Trump Organization has now risen to a criminal investigation, which is a sizable jump. She also said that she's going to be working in in uh, Congress with with uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance. Now, this is kind of unprecedented. You have to understand that by doing this, they're going to pool resources. They're going to share evidence. They're going to help one another that's just going to make it stronger to build cases against the Trump Organization and Donald Trump. That's a big deal. And then, of course, you have to remember there's another criminal case in Georgia about the uh, tampering with the election and, and voting. This whole thing is kind of unprecedented. Never, ever has a president been under criminal investigation after leaving office, let alone three criminal investigations. This has got to hang heavy on the Trump organization because it doesn't just affect Donald Trump. No, Donald Trump um, left his businesses, which are in question here, under the guidance of his sons, Eric and Don Jr., a couple of real knuckleheads. And then you've got Ivanka, who's tied to it all, too. So when this comes down, this is going to involve Donald Trump, but is more than likely going to involve his children as well. And that's going to put extra stress on the situation. Now, I'll be honest with you, Donald Trump is a narcissistic sociopath, pathological liar. He's not one that can be persuaded to save his children. He's more likely to throw his children under the bus in order to save himself. But with all these criminal charges, there is a certain amount of pressure that's intended by doing what the Manhattan DA, the uh, New York AG, and even the Georgia DA are doing. By putting this kind of pressure on, it's putting pressure on witnesses that may not be all that amenable to um, cooperating and testifying. The one guy specifically that comes to mind is Alan Weisselberg. Now, Alan Weisselberg is a linchpin in this situation. 
He is the guy that handled all the money, all the deals for the Trump organization. He was the CFO, chief financial officer. And he was the chief financial officer for Trump's dad before Trump took over. And he's been the chief financial officer in all of Donald Trump's time in power. What that means is that everything that happens has to go through Alan Weisselberg. So that makes Alan Weisselberg culpable for any crimes that Donald Trump or the Trump Organization committed. Now, the upside to Weisselberg is he knows everything. If you were ever to get a witness that was going to spread this wide open, it would be Alan Weisselberg. But needless to say, he's a little reluctant to speak up against Donald Trump. But now he has a problem. You see, with these criminal investigations, he's being looked at too. He could go to jail. And, and that's the real thing you have to understand, the difference between civil and criminal. Criminal means you can go to jail. Donald Trump can go to jail. His kids can go to jail. Alan Weisselberg can go to jail. But what's Alan Weisselberg going to do? He's 74 years old. Maybe he's going to tough it out and uh, go to jail and spend his remaining years behind bars. But he's got a kid that was involved in the organization, too, and could be just as guilty and maybe go to jail, too. So does he say, the hell with myself, I'm going to save my kid, or the hell with everybody, I'm going to stand by Donald Trump no matter what? I really doubt that. Since Donald Trump is going to be wrapped up and probably uh, going to be destroyed or at, least, or at least destroyed and maybe go to jail, there's no reason for Alan Weisselberg to stand by him. He's going to want to save himself. He's going to want to save his kid. And that means he's going to talk. And if he talks, it's over because he knows it all. He knows more than Trump. He knows what Trump wanted to do. He knows how they did it. So this is going to be interesting. Now, I want to say this. I talk about this before, and I'll talk about it again. Because this really annoys me more than anything. Really, it does. It annoys me about more than anything. I will hear people who are definitely not Trump fans, people that want to see the right thing done, but they'll say, oh, he'll never get touched. Nobody will ever touch down. He will slip out of it somehow. He always slips out of it somehow. Again, we go back to that negative attitude I talked about earlier. But they will say this over and over again, and it really pisses me off. Now, understand, I'm not pissed off at the people. Because I understand where the people are coming from. If you've gone through life and seen Donald Trump and he constantly gets off, I understand your skepticism. But there are different parameters to the current situation than what you saw before. Prior to being president, he was kind of under the wire. He had money. He had a little power. He was able to exercise it. He was of no real consequence. When he was president, things started to crop up and he was more in the light. But they couldn't do anything because of some stupid memo that says you can't indict a sitting president. Something we need to change. If a president, whether they be Democrat or Republican, does something against the law, they should be able to be indicted. No one is above the law, and no one means the president. 
Anyway, while Donald Trump is president, all these things are coming to light. They can't touch him because of that memo that says you can't indict presidents. You know, legally, judicially, that's probably not the case. But they all follow this rule. Obviously, Mueller did. Mueller found 10 separate incidents of obstruction of justice by Donald Trump. But he didn't feel that he could indict him because he was president. Again, that's not a law. That's just kind of an unwritten or written rule that they made up and they live by. That needs to change. We can't have a criminal in the White House, in the Oval Office. It's just not right. And again, I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican, or whoever they are. No one's above the law, so that should mean no one. But people are skeptical that Donald Trump will pay a price or that any of these Republican situations, his family, his business, or anything like that will pay any kind of price. And again, to me, that's a negative attitude. I understand where it's coming from. I'm not angry at them for feeling that way, but you can't look at these things like that. To me, it feels like People who are good people who don't believe in Donald Trump want to see him be accountable, but they bought into the bullshit. Even though they're against Donald Trump, they believe certain things that he says or the Republican says, or they base it back on history, which is a good thing, as I pointed out about the 1960s. But you still have to look at it in a positive light. There are different circumstances now. Donald Trump doesn't have the protection he had as president, and he's much higher profile. He's a bigger prize now that he's been president and no longer president. Beforehand, he was just a goofy guy doing a TV show that claimed to be rich. Now there's consequences to the things he did. 550,000 people died. He put us in a bad situation with our allies. He put us in a situation with Russia and other adversarial countries that put this country and democracy in danger. It's a whole different deal. He's pissed off people from the top all the way to the bottom. Yes, he's always gotten away with it, but he's not going to get away with it this time. People always ask me, is he going to jail? I don't know if he's going to jail, honestly. It's a pretty big step to take a former president and put them in jail. Has he done enough to be put in jail? Absolutely. Absolutely. But will he be put in jail? I don't know for sure. But that's all right for me. I want to see Donald Trump be held accountable, be exposed for everything he's done. Because I'll tell you what, somebody with his personality, when you expose what he's done and he can't bullshit or lie his way out of it and he's cornered, that's when he does some crazy, stupid shit. That's what'll happen. We'll see Donald Trump fall apart in front of us. If he no longer has the money he once claimed to have, if he no longer has the power, if he does get, get convicted and have to go to jail, that's just another step. But if this, this clown is finally accountable and the most we can hope for is his life is destroyed, that'll be enough for me because now he has to walk the earth with his head down in shame. People will say, well, guys like him don't have shame. They'll keep lying. Not when they can't get around it. Not when they can't 
talk their way out of it. They believe they can talk their way out of anything. But when they get to the point where they just can't, they take off. They disappear. And I know this from experience, having dealt with somebody who is of a similar personality. When they finally get cornered and you finally take them to task, they blow town. They can't do it anymore. So those of you that are keep saying, and they keep saying to me on TikTok and all over the place, oh, he'll just get out of it. Shut up. I'm not mad at you. I'm not even picking on you. I'm just telling you, you got to look at this positively. You got to look at the facts that surround it and understand that it's a different deal. It's a different day. And he is going to be accountable one way or another. But people say, why hasn't it happened yet? This country is uh, big on immediate gratification. A lot of people thought he'd walk out of the White House in handcuffs because as soon as he wasn't president, he was going to get arrested. That was never going to happen. That's not how the law works. In fact, the people who are in legal positions looking at Donald Trump's circumstances They don't want to rush this thing. It's not about emotion. It's not about revenge. It's about the law and doing it right. When they're going after a former president, they better be right. Otherwise, they're going to get burned. So they have to put in the time. They have to find the evidence. They have to get the corroborating uh, witnesses to support that evidence. And that takes time. They don't want to walk into a courtroom with Donald Trump and half-ass this thing. They want a slam dunk. They want no way for him to get out. They want him to maybe even plead out, much like we've seen already. Joel Greenberg's pleading out. There's no way he wasn't going to go to jail forever. So he pleads out, and he's going to spill the beans on Matt Gates and God knows who else in the Florida Republicans. Relax. Don't be negative and be patient. It takes some time to play these things out. He's not getting away with it. There's no way he's getting away with it. It'll all come in time, but you got to be patient. And you got to be positive about it, for Christ's sake. There's been so much negativity for four or five years. It's about time we had some positivity. Looking forward. We got a president doing the job. We've got people working in our corner, finally. So be positive about it. We Let's talk about people who are working in our corner and not working in our corner. Let's talk about um, the Democrats wanting this commission on and hearings on this January 6th insurrection. Makes sense. I mean, we had an angry horde storm the U.S. Capitol, break into the U.S. Capitol, desecrate the U.S. Capitol, killed people, injured people, including police, threatened to kill the Vice President of the United States and the Speaker of the House. That's a big deal. That hasn't happened in this country since, what, 1812, the War of 1812? That's a long time. That should not occur occur in this country, America. That sort of thing should not occur. So the Democrats want a special 9-11 level commission on it. Now, whether that does anything ultimately or not, who knows. But it should be studied, 
and how it happened and who was involved should be exposed. And if those exposed happen to be in Congress, they need to be expelled. They need to be gone. So it's something we need to do. But Kevin McCarthy, the uh, minority leader in the House, the Republicans, says, yeah, we don't want to do it unless they're going to talk about all the different things, BLM and Antifa and all that stuff. But that's just the typical distraction shit they want to do. They want to have an excuse for not doing the commission. And why don't they really want to do the commission? Because they were fucking involved. Somebody gave these people information. These people who stormed the Capitol are way too stupid to have anything coordinated. They're just meat with clubs is all they are. They aren't smart. They don't know anything. They needed somebody to coordinate this, somebody from the inside. And we know for a fact that people like Lauren Boebert, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Kevin McCarthy, for that matter, were all involved to some extent. So they need to be exposed for who they are. And that's why Kevin McCarthy doesn't want this exposed, doesn't want this commission. Now, Mitch McConnell said in the Senate Well, he might go either way. Well, today he announced, yeah, I'm not into it either. Well, that's not a big surprise. This can do nothing but destroy the Republican Party when people find out the things and the level of the deceit and uh, insurrection they took on this country. They don't want that exposed. It's going to destroy them. So now we got the Democrats and Joe Biden said, we want this bipartisan. We'll do this. We'll do this. They even negotiated with the Republicans. They negotiated on how this commission would be. And then they still said, yeah, we're not going to do it. Why do you fucking negotiate with Republicans when they don't come up with their side of the bargain? Fuck them. Now, when it gets to the Senate, there is going to be some Republicans that vote for this commission just because they're decent people. We need 10 in the Senate. It'll pass the House. It needs 10 in the Senate. And we'll wait and see if we get 10 people. But understand this. Anybody that denies this commission, this January 6th commission, is essentially supporting insurrection. And if you're in Congress or in the Senate and you're supporting insurrection, you should be thrown the fuck out on a rail. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. In this case, it's Republican. But there's no two ways about this. When things start going down and things get exposed, there's going to be a lot of people losing credibility, losing legitimacy, and losing jobs. So the Republicans don't want it. That's why the Democrats have to do everything they can to get it done. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. If everything was right and we did the right thing in this country, that commission would go forth. Now, keep in mind, even if that commission doesn't go forward, there are still court cases against these insurrectionists and investigations into the people in Congress. So it's not like if we don't get the commission, nothing's going to be exposed. It's still going to be exposed. But it's only right that the uh, the Congress would have the opportunity to investigate this as well, especially since there's some of their own that are involved in this situation. So we'll wait and see what happens with that one. Of course, we have the Arizona audit. 
Yeah. This Arizona audit was a shit show from the start. It's a joke. There's all kinds of conspiracy theories around it. Watermarks, folds, chickens eating the ballots. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's, it's almost embarrassing. In fact, it is embarrassing. Now even the Republicans are saying, all right, enough, stop. This is ridiculous. This is stupid. We all look stupid for even doing this. And this is coming from people who were even supporting this audit. So that tells you how bad it's going. This audit was supposed to be done on May 15th, but uh, they didn't even get, you know, one-tenth of the way through with all the stupid shit they're doing. So this place on the state fairgrounds was rented out for graduations or something like that. They had to pick everything up, put it in a truck, park it, wait till they're done, and then come back and start working. And if they're going at the speed they're going, it may not be till August, for Christ's sake. But these Republicans are saying, stop this, stop this, stop this. The problem is we have people in the Arizona Senate that are QAnon freaks, that are Trumplicans, that are idiots that push this through. They apparently don't care if it's stupid or if it's dangerous to our democracy. So it's going to be interesting to see what in fact happens with Arizona because this should not be happening. It is a travesty that official votes are being exposed to clowns by the name of cyber ninjas looking for stupid shit, going willy-nilly through every goddamn thing. Now, I will say the Maricopa County um, Board of Supervisors, the chairman, he said he's not going to be entertaining any more of the request from this sham process. So you know how he's feeling about this situation. So will it continue? Will it not continue? I don't know. If they were doing the right thing, they'd shut it down and say, we're sorry, this was stupid, I apologize. But if you think it's over with Arizona, don't be so sure. You see, the goal of these clowns and the Republicans and the Trumplicans and the QAnons was to take this little road trip around the country, go to the other states where Trump lost, and only the states that Trump lost. That's what's weird about it. But they want to go to Michigan next. Well, they got a problem in Michigan because the cyber ninjas went to court, said this is what they're going to do and this is why, and the judge in the Michigan court said, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. Sorry, slap that thing down. Now, I don't know if there's anything further they can do to continue to proceed in a possible audit similar to Arizona in Michigan, but you know they're going to try. They're going to keep pushing it because they got nothing else. And then they're going to go to other states, Georgia, you know, what have you. All the states that Donald Trump lost that he thinks he should have won, they're going to check for fraud. Now, what's interesting, there was a spokesman from this Arizona audit from Cyber Ninjas. And uh, she's feeling the pressure, needless to say. She's got a lot of people on her ass for doing stupid shit mishandling the chain of custody with these ballots. And now she's scared because you know what? Some of these people, if they did any of those things, they could experience indictments and trials and go into jail. Because this is a serious crime to be tampering with and damaging ballots for a major election. In spite of all the things we hear from 
these Trumplicans, this lady from Cyber Ninjas sat up and said, well, first of all, we know this isn't going to flip the election, which is true because it's unofficial, never was going to flip the election, but a lot of people believe it is. She also said, we don't expect to find a lot. We're just trying to find things to help help for the future, to have better elections. We don't expect to find any massive attempts to change votes. This is what the person from Cyber Ninjas is saying. And why is she saying that? She's trying to cover her ass because she knows they've been exposed for who they are. Just a bunch of misfits trying to play games to make money. Now, we know that the state of Arizona gave these people $150,000. But there's all kinds of money coming in from private donors. We know the guy from the CEO of Overstock sending them, what, a couple million dollars, something like that. So these people are raking in a lot of money to do something stupid to damage our democracy. You can see how that needs to stop. We'll see if it does. And we'll see if it crops up in other states around the country. I want to talk about one other real quick thing. I should spend more time, but I, I don't have a lot to say about it. The Andrew Brown killing. He was in his car. He was shot by a number of uh, police officers. Well, the DA from North Carolina came out and said, uh, yeah, we've gone through the video, and uh, we call it a justifiable homicide by the police against Andrew Brown. (laughs) Justifiable. I mean, this is how it goes in police departments dozens of times every year. This is what people in the black community have had to deal with for decades. People get shot that are innocent. They cover it up and say, yep, it's all good. Thanks a lot. Let's move on. That's what they do. They've done it in the past. They're trying to do it in North Carolina now with Andrew Brown. They'll say Andrew Brown was a bad guy. He was a drug dealer. He was all these things. And that may be true, but that doesn't matter. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say, yeah, you can execute somebody on the street because they're a bad guy. No, that doesn't work. Apparently, they were going to serve a warrant and maybe pick up Andrew Brown. He was in his car, apparently had his hands on on the wheels, and they ended up shooting him. Now, they tell an interesting story, and they put out few select segments of the body cams why they won't put out the entire body cam i don't know the only way you could look at that is that they're hiding something but anyway they show some shortcuts they show him in the car and they say he was in a deadly weapon that's why we shot him yeah wait a minute wait a minute the car wasn't moving the car isn't moving it's not a weapon The car didn't move until you pulled up, the police, in an unmarked vehicle, jumped out of the car with guns, running over to Andrew Brown in his car. He doesn't know you're police. You didn't announce that you were police. And he didn't start moving the car until you shot twice. Now, if you've got somebody you don't know coming up and then all of a sudden shooting at you, what do you do? Well, any one of us, natural instinct would be to get the fuck out of there. And the only way he could do it is in his car. 
So he starts to move his car, and of course they opened fire. There was like 15, 20 shots at this guy. He was hit in the back of the neck and the shoulder. Uh, the cops say he was shot two times. The uh, the people who uh, have done the autopsy say it was like five times. So there's a discrepancy there. But what they're trying to say is that when he started to move the car, it was a it was a deadly weapon, and he could have hit police officers. Well, the thing about it is, the tire tracks show on the grass, and this is what this is what the DA said. He said. Well, had he been on the had this been on the pavement, he would have run over cops. Yeah, but he didn't. He went over to the grass. You're trying to say you can shoot this guy because he could have done something, even though he didn't do something. This whole thing is a lot of bullshit. This whole thing is a scam by the North Carolina district attorney, and I know a lot of people are disheartened by that. But please understand something. Just because North Carolina judicial system is failing, is phony, is covering this up, that doesn't mean it's over because there's a federal investigation, the FBI. Now, what the FBI will find, I don't know. How far they'll take it, I don't know. But just because the DA said, oh, it looks good to me, we're done, doesn't mean it's done. The FBI and the federal government will be looking at this thing and hopefully will get some justice when that happens. With Merrick Garland in charge of um, the DOJ as Attorney General, maybe things will get done right and people will be held accountable. We can only hope for that. So we'll see what happens in the Andrew Brown case. And let's pray to God we don't get more people killed by rogue cops. It's getting tiring and it's getting upsetting. Last thing I'll tell you is that... um, story we forgot about we had um, it happening in minneapolis minneapolis police officer kim potter shot and killed unarmed dante wright while the chauvin murder case was going on she shot him because she thought she was grabbing a taser but instead she grabbed her gun oh that's an easy mistake she shot him and killed him and then she acted like oh whoops i didn't mean to do that yeah right pal Anyway, the good news on that was that a judge now says she will stand trial for murder. Which kind of set me back a little bit because I thought, well, of course she was going to trial. I didn't think that was up for debate, but apparently it was. But the good news is she will stand trial. I think it's starting in December. We'll see what happens. That'll start a whole new mess and more protest and more things like that. But we'll see what happens. We're about that time. I'm going to get going here, but I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Rational Boomer podcast. Again, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your family, even if they're Trumpers. (laughs) Have them tune in so they get pissed off, because I love pissing off Trumpers. I can't tell you how much I enjoy it. But till next time, you have a good day and a good week. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.